0: It's just Jeff today. It's the Give 'Em Hell Brigham Show without Garrett. Garrett, it's his anniversary. So we gave him the week off. It's the least we can do. Garrett and Allie go celebrate. You know, a lot of people didn't think Garrett would get married. I knew he would. I knew he would. If you've ever met Garrett when he has a mustache, then you knew. You knew that he would get married when he had a mustache because there is no man on this planet who can walk outside every day with the quality of mustache that Garrett had and not find a lucky lady to to call his wife. So it's his anniversary, gets the week off. It's January. It's going to be a rambly show. There's BYU news to talk about. But before we talk about that, we, we, we have to talk about something that happened this week. On our official Twitter account at Give Them Hell Pod, if you don't follow us already on Twitter, please do. Somebody sent us some constructive criticism. I mean, it was it was real quality feedback that, if we were better people, we probably would have taken to heart, consumed the intake, right? Consumed the feedback, digested it, and poops something out on the other end. That was that was quality that we would have got better. But instead, what did we do? We dug our heels in. The feedback was, hey, talk more sports. I spent 10 minutes listening to lesbian M&Ms. Talk sports. That was the feedback. This listener who, if you're listening still after, you know, the week that your mentions have gone through, good for you. Welcome back. If you're not listening, I understand. Look, give em hell, Brigham is not for everybody. What is give em hell, Brigham? Give them hell, Brigham, is, if you think of it like a tailgate, not a BYU tailgate where you're, you're sitting, you know, an hour before the game and you have a quick hot dog. No, like a real tailgate that starts the night before. You're sitting at that tailgate with your friends. And, and how, how much are you really talking about the upcoming BYU game? That really, that's the reason that you're there. You're there for the BYU game. But you're talking about other football games. You're talking about work. You start talking about your family. You cook. You start talking about what you're cooking. You start talking about that one stupid video you saw on TikTok. You start talking about everything because you're just there. You're hanging out with your buddies, and that is what you're there to do. That is Give Them Hell, Brigham. We are the podcast version of that. We talk, BYU. You guys know this. We're almost two years into this show now. You know we talk BYU, and quite frankly, you're not going to get better insights into BYU anywhere else. But we're also, it's like we're tailgating. It's like we're just sitting on a couch, hanging out with each other. If you don't want to talk about lesbian M&Ms, we are not the show for you. We're just not. But here's the other thing, ladies and gentlemen, friends, fans of the show. This is on-demand entertainment you have the ability and it's really easy. Like on, on your phones, you just do it with your finger that you can just push the big circle on whatever, whatever app you're using to play this podcast, hold your finger down on the circle, just drag it a little bit. You don't even have to go like a half inch, just drag it a little bit until you find the news that you want to listen to. So I appreciate, I don't even remember the guy's name. I appreciate the feedback and as I thought about it, I had a couple of different options of how I could respond to this feedback. And well, I'm taking the petty option, I've got some thoughts. I've got some thoughts that, that are always brewing inside of me. I, I, I could really write a book of all of the thoughts that I have. But I have some thoughts before we get into anything else, some thoughts that I need to share with you, the things that are just eating inside of me. There's no rhyme or reason to these thoughts, but they're real and they're part of me. And I want you to get to know me. Thought number one, I don't want to see your baby. You know, that that is one of the things I hate the most. I have three kids. I have done this myself. When I had kids, I shared them all over the internet as if my babies were the babies and everybody needed to see my babies. But here's the thing. I don't think anybody wanted to see my babies and those who did want to see my babies, they reached out to me personally. I could send them a picture of my baby. I don't want to see your baby. I don't want to see your baby on the internet. I don't want you to hand your baby to me and let me hold it in its in my arms. I don't, I don't want anything to do with your baby. And the other side of this baby thing, I kind of think all babies are ugly. Like, After like a week or two, then they start to look like humans and the, 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 you know, babies. Great. But those first couple weeks of babies, they freak me out. They can't hold their head up. They can't talk. You're always afraid. They got the soft spot on their head and they're still kind of gooey. I don't know, man. Babies. I don't want anything to do with babies. Thought number two, I really don't understand people who go to a restaurant and they order a hamburger without cheese why are people doing that why are people ordering hamburgers why is a hamburger even a thing it's a cheeseburger made out of hamburger but nobody just has a hamburger sandwich i don't i don't get it i i don't i don't get it i have a a very close friend brother-in-law best friend of the world he does not eat cheese And I've known this man now for, wow, 12 years. And still, I don't trust him. I can't. How can I? He doesn't eat cheese. I don't understand people who don't like cheese. Now, a couple of stats that just rattle around in my head that kind of freak out, like real things, real facts. 95% of people who get into plane crashes survive. And that freaks me out. There are more people like the percentage of people who die in car accidents is higher than the people, the percentage of people who die in plane crashes. And that doesn't seem right. What are we doing that a plane crash is somehow safer than a car crash? That doesn't make sense. It doesn't add up. Something can plummet from the sky and crash onto the ground. And I have a more. Like a, a better likelihood of surviving that than if I get into a crash on the freeway. Either something's wrong with cars or something's insanely right with planes that we need to implement into cars. And the, the last thing that is just in my head today, there is a pre-stage for frostbite. It's cold. That's probably why I'm thinking about this, but I learned this, you know, some time ago. Before you get frostbite, there's a stage It's beyond just cold. You actually have something. Frost nip. I'm not making this up. It is called frost nip before you get frostbite. I don't know where that came from. Nip. Like, I guess there's a nip in the air, some old word. I mean, obviously today, frost nip, everybody immediately holds their nipples and goes, ow. Because, yeah, nobody wants frost nip. I I get it. I understand. But frost nip, it's apparently a word. So... When you're teaching your kids, when you're out camping with the scouts, I guess scouts aren't a thing in the church anymore, but whatever. When you're doing Klondike, when you're out on a winter camp out ice caves because somebody convinced you it was a good idea when it wasn't. Frostnip. You've got to be more concerned about frost nip than frostbite because frost nip happens first. So there's just some things in my head, and that's that's what give them hell brigham is. It's just things in our head. And that is what Give 'em Hell Brigham has always been. And that is what Give 'em Hell Brigham will always be. Sports are more than what happens on the field. If you reduce sports to simply roster management, coaching decisions, and games on the field, you are missing out on an entire world of sports. Some of my very best friends, my closest friends in the world, come from the community that sports has opened up to me. You don't create those kinds of relationships talking about the too deep at the offensive line. That isn't it. That isn't how it works. Now, if you don't want that kind of community feel and you don't want to talk about the non sports side of sports, there are a hundred other outlets that are going to tell you all the exact same stuff. But a give them hell, Brigham, There is more to sports than sports, and that is crucial. Sports, the best part about sports is the fun, the entertainment. If you're not having fun and you're not entertained, I think you're doing sports wrong. I really do. So if sports is just about what happens on the football field, then somehow you're allowing your BYU football fandom to really only manifest itself. 12, 13 days a year? Come on. Sports are about more than that. So let sports be more than just sports. It's not a bad thing. And, and, and my goodness, it's January. It's the end of January. Basketball, ugh. What are we going to talk about? We're going to talk about the other stuff of sports because I, I, I can't break down BYU's loss to UAB any more than we already have. Like it, it happened over a month ago. I don't care anymore. You shouldn't care anymore. Anybody who says they still care about the loss to UAB, move on. It's time. You don't need to. I'm a little under the weather. So if it ever feels like uh, in the middle of this show, I am breathing heavy. Like I you know just ran up five flights of stairs. And don't mock me. Don't mock me. If you heard five flights of stairs and you were like, wow, you're breathing heavy after five flights of stairs. Shut up. If you hear me breathing heavy. It's because I'm a little sick. I'm having to breathe through my mouth and talk through my mouth. Clearly, my nose is not working. So it's a little bit different. Jackson Dart. Let's talk Jackson Dart. Now, let's really talk Jackson Dart. Uh, He has not made a decision. There's a lot of buzz today. Today's Thursday. I'm recording this Thursday at noon. A lot of buzz about Ole Miss. There's been buzz about Ole Miss uh, for the last several weeks. Could he pick Old Miss? Absolutely, he could pick Ole Miss. Old Miss, he could make a decision tonight that he's going to Ole Miss. I don't think it would surprise anybody if that's what happened. However, I don't believe that he has decided already. Could he decide? Sure. But I don't believe a decision has been made yet. I also don't believe that we are going to hear a decision on Jackson Dart and where he's going to play for a couple of days probably this weekend this isn't based on you know like i I don't have his calendar in front of me but based on what i know based on what i've heard based on what i think i think we'll hear a decision this weekend could he very well have decided made up his mind that he's going to of course old miss could absolutely be the case but like all the national media was talking about how he narrowed it down to Ole Miss and TCU, even and OU. Nobody even mentioned BYU. And the, yet, there he was on campus. Guys, the 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 Dart and the Dart family has kept us close to the vest. Like they're not really talking to anybody. Most of the leaks that have come have come from the the various schools. And and look, guys, like Lane Kiffin, like let's look at his antics, right? Take or leave Lane. I like Lane. I actually think he's really good for the sport of college football. I don't know that I would want my kid to play for Lane uh, simply because I don't know that Lane would be there after a year or two of my child's career. But I like Lane. I think he's good. But look at what he does. He is all about creating hype. It was just this year that he was walking into the stadium and some Ole Miss fan in the Grove had a sign that said something or other about Arch Manning. And what does is, what is Lane Kiffin do? Well, he can't publicly talk about Arch Manning, but he can see that sign and he can pick up that sign and hold it above his head and walk through the tailgate because that happened. Lane is all about creating hype. And if you think that doesn't include leaking things to the press, especially the press and Ole Miss that he trusts, you're wrong. Okay, you're wrong. Now, maybe it's not him directly, Maybe it's a staffer, maybe it's a student intern, maybe it's an assistant coach. It's happening. Just get on board with it. It's happening. So could Lane miss or could Ole Miss have landed Dart already? Of course they could. That absolutely is a possibility. But if all I see is, well, a lot of people are talking about Ole Miss, old miss, old miss, old miss, and all it is is people who are talking, you know, around on the old miss program or people who have been close to Kiffin. That's not to say I don't trust them. I, I trust what they've heard but I think you should take that with a grain of salt. That's all. That's all I'm saying. Here's what I know. I know the dark family has kept us close to the vest. I know that Jackson loved USC. And I know that it's been hard for him to leave USC. Some people have said that he didn't enjoy his time in LA. I, I, I don't think that's true. I think that's the fact I, I, I could say with certainty that that is not true if If things would have been equal at USC, meaning Caleb Williams, that's another side story, stop pretending he's not he's not going to go to USC. Like I, I don't care what any national anybody is saying about Wisconsin or any of these other schools. Caleb Williams is going to go to USC. If he doesn't, I will eat something live on air. Something weird, like tarantulas because he's going to USC. I'm that confident. he's going to any delays in Caleb Williams going to USC and making that announcement is all a ploy to avoid the appearance of tampering to avoid the appearance of Lincoln. Riley was openly recruiting Caleb Williams and talking to his family prior to his entrance in the transfer portal while he was still enrolled at Oklahoma. Furthermore, it's the NIL era of college football. Any of these flirting with other schools just drives his NIL price up. It's competitive. It's capitalism, baby. That's what happens. Caleb Williams will go to USC. And I would say that there are hundreds of thousands, millions, I don't know. There's a lot of money, NIL money, legal money, totally legal, at least as the rules are constructed today. There's a lot of money that will find its way to Caleb Williams' pockets because of his status as QB1 at USC. That money is already lined up. They're not paying that much money. These companies, these whoever it is, right? They're not paying that much money for QB2. Guys, read between the lines here. Caleb Williams is going to go to USC before he's even enrolled officially at the school and before he's ever put pads on in Los Angeles. He's already QB1. There's nothing that anybody could say to convince me. Like if, if Lincoln Riley was sitting right here in front of me and looked at me face-to-face and told me that I was wrong, I would call him a liar. Lincoln Riley himself could not convince me that Caleb Williams is not already penciled in as QB1 at USC next year. Jackson Dart could show up and play like Joe Montana during fall camp at USC, and he's not going to get that job. That job is Caleb Williams' job. And the only thing that would prevent him from holding on to that job throughout the course of this year is some catastrophically awful play on the field or an injury. There is nothing that Jackson Dart can do to earn that job. It's one of the things that makes Kalani Satake so great. Those promises don't exist for Kalani. Like, I'm sure he makes promises and talks about plans, and I'm sure some guys have longer leashes than others. But if somebody is playing well, they'll get a chance to to see the field. It didn't matter how well Jackson Dart played. Lincoln Riley is going to start Caleb Williams at USC. That's it. I don't need to have some crazy crystal ball or super Uber connections into the USC program to know that that's true. That is called common sense. And everything that has happened in the three or four weeks since Caleb Williams hit the portal it's just smoke and mirrors. See through it all, guys. When he ultimately ends up at USC, all of it will become very apparent. All of it will become true. So, Jackson Dart, I know he loved USC, and now I know that he, he really doesn't have a fair shot of, of potentially earning that job. So he's leaving. I don't think that's been easy for him. I think that's been really difficult. He liked USC. You could see it with, with his teammates. He was close to those teammates. Like L.A., and Jackson Dart fit really, really well. And it's tough. And I actually think they may have some culture issues next year because a guy like Jackson Dart has been kind of pushed out. Jackson Dart is finally, officially, I think, broken up with USC. I, I don't think even a few days ago that that was true. I think there was maybe some still lingering hope that he, he would find his way back to USC. I think he's officially broken up with USC. Having said that, could Ole Miss ultimately be his destination? Of course it could. He's been out there. He knows Lane. He kind of knows what they offer. He could very quickly move and go, go to Ole Miss. However, now that he's officially broken up with USC, I think he's just now sitting down with family and really starting to come up with his plan. I think that's just happening here in the last day or two and in the two or three days to come. People forget when Jackson Dart was coming out of Corner Canyon High School, COVID was running rampant. He didn't get to go on official visits. He didn't get to be wined and dined. Everything was done via Zoom and over the phone. He went on some unofficial visits on his own dime to try to see the campuses of these schools. And I'm sure that there were some lines that were blurred, and he maybe got to meet with some coaches on, you know, in a very unofficial off the record capacity but he didn't get to go through the recruiting process like others did. He didn't. So he hits the portal and he gets a chance to go out to OU. He gets a chance to go to Ole Miss. He's been to BYU. Like, yeah, he's going to enjoy that process. This is the first time he's gone through the process. He is still an 18-year-old kid. Guys, he doesn't turn 19 until May. Jackson Dart is still young. So, yeah, let him enjoy this process. I know what... Every BYU fan wants to to see a decision made yesterday. Everybody. I do. I would love it. It's hard for me to even write content about BYU until this Jackson Dart stuff is resolved because he's the kind of player that if he's on your roster, it changes whatever projections you might have. But let him enjoy this process. Let his family enjoy this process. It really is the first time that he gets to go through it. He got screwed by Lincoln Riley. He got screwed by USC. And I know that hasn't he hasn't officially been screwed. Like, it's not clear. People will still think Wisconsin's out there. It's not. Caleb Williams will end up at USC. Jackson Dart had no chance there. So he had to leave the school he wanted to be at. And I think, like I say, he's just now starting to, to figure out what that next step looks like. Could be Ole Miss, could be Oklahoma, could be somebody else. Could very well still be BYU. Nothing would surprise me. But all the buzz today is that old Miss is done and I'm just not there. I'm not there. Maybe I'm wrong, but I'm not there. I'm making a new Super Bowl food. This is a little bit of quarantine kitchen. Uh, this year for the Super Bowl, I like ribs, right? Like people love ribs. If you took one look at me, you would look at me and go, wow, that's a man who likes ribs. Like I, I, It's very clear on my face, my appearance, my cheeks that kind of hang over like a dog. It's very clear that this is a man who loves a, loves a rack of ribs. I also love chicken wings. This year, I'm combining the two. I am going to cut my ribs individually. I'm going to smoke them for about an hour. And then I'm going to deep fry those puppies. And I'm going to have deep fried ribs for the Super Bowl. It's been done. I'm not coming up with this idea on my own. It's something that I, you know, seen on the internet. So I'm going to take it. But think about this. Now, I'm worried that it might be a little bit tough. But that's why I'm going to smoke it for an hour or so before. Hopefully, I can help tenderize that a little bit before I throw them in the, you know, billion degree oil and deep fry them but deep fried ribs that you eat like a wing. You just pick them up and throw the bone on a plate and you just go one at a time. There's no rack that you got to deal with. You're not cutting anything off in real time. That's all done. You just got a bowl of ribs. Everybody's reaching in, grabbing one rib, deep fried, crispy, bread them. I think this is going to be a good idea. I probably need to do a trial run before the Super Bowl. Because the last thing you want to do is fail on Super Bowl Sunday and, and realize that your crazy idea sucked. So I'll probably do a trial run. I will return and report once it's over. But deep fried ribs—if you've done it, let me know. Somehow find us on Discord or on or find me on Twitter. Deep fried ribs. Think about it. Another thing on Twitter: I have officially lived as long as I can without owning a Ford Bronco. Um, And I'm not about begging. I'm ready. I'm there. I am begging Ford. I want to become the Ford spokesperson. Give them hell. Brigham's a great podcast. We're growing Ford. We will make you the only sponsor for the lifetime of this show. If you gift me a Ford Bronco, I need four doors. I got three kids and I need the Sasquatch package because I'm not an animal, but I don't need the Raptor. If you want to give me a Raptor, great. But I don't need it. I'm not picky. I would like it to be uh, cactus gray. Certainly not red. I, I I need it. I've started also the hashtag by to a Bronco. If you want to contribute, please reach out. Uh, recruiting. It's a big weekend for BYU recruiting this weekend. Uh, the final official visit weekend before signing day. Uh, we've seen this week a couple of preferred walk-on offers go out that haven't been real clear that they're preferred walk-on status. But Sean Person out of Maple Mountain, uh, Porter Small out of Springville, I like them both. Defensive end guys, uh, both gonna slated at least to go on missions. Person's a little bit taller and more slender. Porter Small's a little bit uh, a little bit more proven. I think they're both, I think, really good players. Uh, especially if you get him in as a a preferred walk on. Uh, so that's that's the big news. Uh, other other news for the weekend: Lisala Tai is still slated to visit, on an official visit this weekend. A lot of people have wondered about him. Uh, Snow College offensive lineman. He was once at BYU. I don't know. I mean, clearly BYU is still bringing him in. He still has a scholarship offer, so clearly they want him in the program. I don't know exactly how BYU deploys a junior college offensive. I guess he's I mean he's played offensive tackle, but I I can't see him being brought in to play tackle. I don't know what BYU does with the JUCO offensive lineman next year. It doesn't like you you bring JUCO guys into play. And Lee Salatai certainly has options to go to a number of different schools and play. So it seems unlikely that he's just going to be content to come back to BYU and be a depth guy. So in my head, the recruiting pitch has to be that he's going to play. I I don't see the immediate need for playing time. Could this be a sign that there's going to be some some roster movement, you know, transfers out come spring ball? Maybe, maybe. Uh, I don't know that. But it feels like an interesting fit. He's certainly a talented player. And by all means, if you have the scholarship capital, Go get as many talented players as you can. Like that, that's our rule. We are all about horses, not jockeys at Give Him Hell Brigham. And, and at least Salatai can play. So if you can get him and you have room, get him. I don't know where the room is coming from. And I don't know exactly what the recruiting pitch would be for a guy like Lissala but he is still coming and there's still a pitch out there. Uh, Roman Rashada is coming. Corbin Green is coming. A couple defensive backs who have received offers in the last week. Uh, they are both. As of today and recruiting, as anybody who's followed recruiting, uh, what's true right now might not be true by tomorrow, uh, but they are both still penciled in as as coming on visits this week. Dom Henry out of uh, Florida, speedy wide receiver, also coming in. There's a couple of defensive backs that I really, really like. Uh, I'm going to keep their names off the air for now because I really, really like them. They have flown solidly under the radar. But I watched their film. I looked at some of their numbers. I love these kids. I think that these are the kinds of players that that Gennaro Guilford can turn into really, really great players in his defensive secondary next year. And certainly over the next few years. I haven't seen them out on Twitter. They haven't posted anything about the about the scholarship offers that I, I believe they have received. I've talked to talked to them. So I know that they're out there and I believe they're both there's two. I believe they're both still planning on coming this weekend. So you may see a surprise commitment come out on Twitter after the weekend. We may not hear about it until signing day, but know that there are a couple of defensive backs out there who I, I really, really like that. I'm just kind of keeping quiet for right now. And that's kind of the action that I expect to see on signing day. Uh, Lisala tai if he commits, certainly that would be a new, surprise addition to the scholarship room for this class and then a few defensive backs but other than that i think that uh, national signing day which is a oh, wow next wednesday i believe it will be a pretty quiet day basketball does still exist byu checked in at number 26 in the ap poll 20 i mean obviously you're not ranked 26 but they were the first team out received the most votes outside of the top 25. Uh, If they take care of business this weekend, good chance they will be inside the top 25 again next week. That's great. You know, I'm not the biggest basketball guy in the world, but if we're going to play, might as well win, right? Uh, So it is a big week for BYU basketball. This team has done really, really well. It's hard to find too many things to say negatively about this team given the injuries that they had losing gavin baxter losing richard harvard for them to co- still be at what are they 17 and 4 17 and 5 something like that for them to still be in the position that they're in right now on the you know on the brink of being ranked and, and firmly inside the uh the ncaa tournament that's big uh, they should take care of business this week. They do have a couple of road games. They are at Santa Clara, which has been tough for BYU. They should beat Santa Clara, but that's not going to be some easy pushover game. And then they play at uh, Pacific after that. Again, kind of the same boat. BYU struggled a little bit on the road at Pacific in the, historically, but they should be able to take care of business. Then that sets up a mega week next week with home games against San Francisco and Gonzaga uh, really a chance for BYU to put a stamp on this season and and firmly punch their ticket into the big dance, kind of regardless of what happens the rest of the way, if they can, if they could somehow pull off an upset of, of Gonzaga and they can take care of USF at home, as long as they don't lose games that they shouldn't, they could probably drop a game on the road at St. Mary's and still firmly be inside the NCAA tournament. So great, great job from Mark Pope and his squad. Mark Pope talked about ducks. Here's the thing about Mark Pope. I love Mark Pope. I love Mark Pope. He's, he's kind of like the Mike Leach of basketball. Like he just says what's on his mind and I love it. He's a great, great quote. He talked about ducks and how they're scary. And I don't know if he meant it, but ducks kind of do freak me out. Think about a duck, man. They, they have these beaks. They kind of chase at you. They're fast as hell. They're very unpredictable. If I don't have a gun in my hand, I don't want to see a duck. Which brings me to a few other things of uh, animals that I'm afraid of. Geese are just big ducks. I remember as a a, a wee lad, I don't know. I, no, it certainly isn't the case anymore. But back in the day at Hogel Zoo, you could go to the far end of like one end of the park. And I remember they had like the, I don't know what, what, terrain it was but it was kind of like a deserty terrain i remember not like the red canyon thing but kind of right next to it kind of like the the wyoming like i don't know is that a desert it's just sagebrush and rocks right and i remember there were big freaking ducks that just like walked around and i was on a field trip and a geese came at me i think i had like my shoe untied or something and there was some real tantalizing games being played by my shoelaces for this goose But it chased me down, and I hated it. I've been scared of geese ever since. I was fishing. I don't fish. I like to eat fish. I don't fish. I've been fishing a handful of times in my life. One of the first times, maybe the first time that I actually went fishing, I didn't know how to cast. My uncle showed me how to cast. I got one good cast out. We were at some pond, and this line went clear out beyond the pond. To where this goose was. I cast my line onto the top, onto the back of this goose. The hook lodged itself inside the goose. The goose, obviously, because it was just hooked, freaked out, took off flying. I was like six years old. I thought I caught a monster fish. I immediately fell to the ground as this goose started to fly away. I tried with all of my might to hold on to the rod but I couldn't and that goose just took off with my rod the line eventually broke but I lost the rod in the lake the pond the whatever it was so I got a couple of bad experiences with geese uh foxes I don't like foxes I've shot foxes again if I have a gun I'm comfortable around a fox funny how that works if I have a gun I'm comfortable around anything I was goose hunting, ironically enough, and and not like real goose hunting. It was kind of like out with my dad and my uncles and there were some geese. And so we decided to quickly hunt. We were out at the farm. And so rather than like sit in a blind and wait for geese to fly over and call them in, uh, my uncle and my dad and I I don't remember who was even there, but they decided to go crawl down a big ditch. And they crawled and there were some geese in a field and they crawled down this ditch and they, they kind of used it as a makeshift blind. And then they went and they sent me, I was, you know, 10, 11 years old, before I could hunt, which was why I was not in the ditch myself. They sent me to the other side of these geese on, on a field to the east. And I was supposed to just walk into that field. That would scare the geese. They would fly to the west where my uncles, I don't know if my dad was, I don't know who was there. Uh, but where my family members were waiting in a ditch and, and they, were, they would have had the opportunity to shoot these geese. As I was walking towards the field, it was a long walk. I had to walk across an entire field to get to the field where the geese were in. I got about halfway through that first field and I was so convinced that there was a fox in the, the, like a, in the ditch bank along the road that I was walking on, the little path. I was so scared that, that fox was going to come up and get me. I could not move. I couldn't. I was too So I stopped. After like an hour, I don't know how long I stood there, but after a while, it became clear to my family members who were waiting in the ditch. I mean, this was like December it was cold. It became clear to them that I was not going to make it all the way to the geese. So they climbed out. The geese flew away. We never got a shot at the geese. They came over. They picked me up. They're like, dude, what were you doing? I was scared of the fox. Well, there's no fox in that ditch. I mean, we drove up and down and there's no fox. And I stood there long enough that if there was a fox, it was surely long gone. But my 10-year-old brain was convinced that that fox was going to come out and get me. But now, obviously, anybody who's listening to this knows that this, you know, a fox is just kind of a cute little red dog. Like, yeah, if you really piss it off and get yourself in a bad situation, maybe a fox tries to bite you or something. But A fox is going to be more scared of me than I am of it. But that day, I was more scared of the Fox. I'm also scared of moose. I remember driving in a car deer hunting one time and there was a moose and moose are great until you piss them off. And I watched that moose run at full speed. It did not hit our car, but I thought it was going to, it ended up running just in front of our car. But I watched that big bull moose run right at us. I thought it was dead. There is nothing in the world more terrifying than looking eye to eye with a big bull moose that is barreling down full speed right at you. Nothing. I would rather take on a train because at least if a train hits you head on, you know you're dead. A moose, you might still live. You would feel it. A moose might turn around and trample you after. A moose could do a lot of things. I'm afraid of me, meese. Whoa. I'm afraid of moose, mooses, moosen. This is give him help, Brigham. I'm still kind of petty about this guy. About this guy who said, well, talk more sports. It is January. BYU was playing Santa Clara. Who cares? Foxes, ducks, geese, moose. They're scary animals. And they're all right here in the state of Utah. Gotta watch out. On the other hand, have you ever thought of a baby rabbit? Not baby rabbit, like baby rabbit is cute, but really any rabbits. Have you ever met rabbit hunting? Think about this. What is it? Like rabbits got screwed. Okay, because rabbits are so fast. They're hard to, they're hard to shoot. They're hard to catch, you know, for anybody who's who's out there, like any predators, any foxes, any coyotes or whatever it is, they're hard to catch. Rabbits are fast. You would think that they are the perfect animal at evading their predators but what is it about the rabbit that their natural defense mechanism is to just stand and look at you for like 20 seconds 30 seconds they'll just look their nose just wiggles they're just looking at you i don't get it and it's those 20 seconds that leads to the end of a lot of rabbits if they just went nobody would ever stand a chance I do love rabbits. I think that they're they're very cute. I, I think rabbits would really like me. There's a lot of similarities. We're both kind of soft. Both have hair. Mine's not on my head, but I got a lot of hair. I think that rabbits and I would get along if rabbits just would give you the chance. Same thing for baby bears, truthfully. It's a big, big recruiting weekend, even if BYU is not after uh, you know, any big five stars. This is the this is the weekend and really going into signing day next week where we could celebrate our guys, where these high school kids get to celebrate achieving their dream. And as fans, it's really easy and there's going to be a lot of time to do this. I'm not saying don't do this. I'm saying don't do this on Wednesday next week. There's going to be a lot of time to look at recruiting rankings and to complain about why BYU didn't chase so-and-so or how was recruit a not ranked higher or wow, look at how rivals gave everybody two stars because they don't cover anybody in the West. There's going to be a lot of time to dissect this class and to pick apart the game of these players. And then they're going to get to BYU and they're going to be good they may not play. They may get hurt. Like any number of outcomes could still happen. No matter how highly rated or lowly rated they are, any number of outcomes can happen. And these guys are going to be under the microscope for all of that. There are going to be ice. Ice Moa is going to have multiple posts on Twitter and Cougar board and, and give him hell Brigham and, and CSI everywhere. Multiple posts saying whether he is not living up to the hype or he is living up to the hype. That's just part of being a college athlete these guys know that that's what's coming but for one day on wednesday on national signing day take a step back and let these kids have their moment celebrate them they are choosing some of them are choosing byu over it, a bunch of different schools cody hagan could have gone anywhere and he chose byu And I know he already signed, but signing day is the day that he gets to celebrate. Celebrate that. These kids that are lowly, you know, low under the radar guys, not not rated or lowly rated, celebrate those guys. There's going to be a ton of time to criticize and to question and to wonder. But for one day on national signing day, be part, let's be the fan base as BYU fans. Let's be the fan base that makes that day incredibly special for these kids. All of us at one point had a dream of playing college athletics. Some of us were naive enough to think that they could do it, right? I didn't just dream it. I thought maybe I would be good enough to do it. I wasn't, I wasn't even close. These kids were, right? So whether they're two stars whether they're these under the radar defensive backs that you haven't heard of yet, or whether it's a four-star Cody Hagan or Ice Moa, all of these kids are living out a dream that most of us had. All of us, probably, if we're being honest with ourselves, that all of us had. If you're listening to this show and you didn't want to be a BYU Cougar, I I don't know why you're listening to this show. Let these kids have a moment of a, a day without criticism. Criticize the coaches all you want. That's fine. But try not to let your criticism of the coaches, just for one day, try not to let your criticism of the coaches roll into, well, this player sucks. Let's let these kids have one day where we are the fan base that is just pumped as hell that they are part of our squad. Because they've earned it. They've earned that. They're living out their dream. Uh, Next week, Garrett will be back. Cannot wait. It's always a better show when Garrett's around. Uh, We will continue to talk about non-sports related things, but we'll have somebody else on the show, a different voice that you can, you know, we can bounce things off of each other. You guys get a break from my mouth breathing. You don't have to listen to me the whole time. It's always better when Garrett's around. Garrett, we miss you. Have a good anniversary. And until next week, ladies and gentlemen, give them hell.